Hello and welcome to Everyday Sublime. It's 2023. This is your host, Josh Summers, and it's an honor to have you back here. Welcome to 2023. To kick off uh, the, the kind of or launch, the teaching, our new teaching for this year, Terry and I are going to be offering a special three hour winter's yin practice on January 14th. That's Saturday, January 14th of a special three-hour practice of qigong, yin yoga, yin meditation, reflection, dialogue, all geared towards harnessing the energy of winter with its introspection, its quietude, um, harnessing the energy of winter to listen in deeply to our own experience so that we can, in a way, craft sharper, more clear practice intentions for the year to come. And as I share in today's talk, I give you a little taste of uh, some of the themes that we'll be exploring. But as I share in today's Dharma talk, intentions for practice or intentions within practice are very much like the seeds of spirituality. Um, they contain the, 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 the kind of the condensed essence of potential that we could achieve as a human. And in order to realize the, the full potential of those seeds of intentionality, we need a practice. Practice is the day-in, day-out cultivation, tending to the garden, tending to the heart of our practice, so that these seeds of intentionality can be realized. Um, but in this talk, I really get into just beginning to reflect around how do we shape and design our intentions so that they're unique and specific to each of us, and that they, so that they can really leverage transformation through our practice. So if you're interested in this theme, and if you're interested in practicing with us, do check out this workshop, A Winter's Yin Practice. It's, again, it's going to be on January 14th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're unable to attend live, not to worry. We always make the uh, recording available as a lifetime um Gift we give you, we give you the the lifetime recording for any time you want to replay the uh, the practice. Um, so we are very excited to practice with you, and we also want to en encourage you if you like kind of the way we articulate practice, if you like the creative approach that we bring to Yin Yoga, Qigong, meditation, Dharma practice. If you like this creative approach, do consider becoming a member of the Riverbird Sangha. This is a practice guild of both teachers and serious practitioners from all over the world that are uh, working together, integrating and finding the synergistic benefits of uniting a movement-based practice like Qigong within the still contemplative practice of yin yoga and how the two of those open up deeper dimensions of the contemplative journey. So we invite you to practice with us. We look forward to seeing you in the workshop coming up on January, January uh, Saturday, January 14th. And I hope you enjoy today's talk, New Year Old Self. So uh, just again, I want to say welcome back to all of you. Um, it's really good to see you all. We've been thinking of you all. You've been very much present in our own hearts and thoughts. And uh, we hope you're well. Um, 
life continues to be life and everyone I know is facing various challenges. So whatever your challenges are, um, we hope you're uh, doing okay and um, you know finding support within your practice. Um, so in a sense, uh, you know, we took a couple of weeks off uh, from our public teaching. And um, this period of the year, for me particularly, um, is one that I always associate now with a, a, a turning inward a, and, a, and a kind of a retreat from normal activity to get quiet and to really reflect on, say, the things that matter the most. Um, and this goes back to when I was in graduate school 20 plus years ago. Um, and when I started during graduate school, I started going on silent retreats and the, the first silent retreat I ever did. And then this became my kind of yearly ritual for many years was a nine day silent retreat between um, it started usually around the 27th of December and would end around the 6th. So within this framework between sort of between Christmas and just past the new year, um, I would often go to the Insight Meditation Society in Barrie, Massachusetts, and and uh, get quiet for a while. And um, what I appreciate about that time, and you know, with the, particularly in the winter, with the many of the leaves gone and just a sort of a cold, gray sky, and, and um, just kind of a, a, a pristine experience in nature at the at the retreat center that within the simplicity and starkness of those conditions i um i found that it was a it it, uh, it promoted an ability to listen deeply which is something we talk about a lot and from that deep listening areas of my life or conditions in my life that seemed to need more attention would articulate that they'd speak up they 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 they'd make themselves known and so from that from that retreat experience um, and for sort of stepping back within into myself for nine days or so, I would come out of that filled and and really brimming with the desire to um, integrate the insights from the practice itself into my life more completely. And so that I'd have all these intentions about how I was going to eat, how I was going to speak better, how I was going to exercise more more regularly, um, how I would study better. I'd, I'd have like a, a big project uh, that I would lay out for myself and how I would be a, a more um, respectable and complete meditative practitioner or Buddhist practitioner. And this is not dissimilar to kind of the energy that whips up around New Year's resolutions that many many people go through, like sort of setting New Year's resolutions. And then um, what I found after these retreats is that maybe for a week or two, there I could still see the influence of those intentions in my life. But after surely after a month, they were gone. <laughs> All those good intentions were kind of swallowed up by the busyness of daily life. Um, distractions, and old habit patterns. Which makes me think of this article, and I didn't even read the article, I just saw the headline, but it was something in the New York Times saying, New Year Old Self. 
new year old self and i thought that's a that's a great title for a dharma talk new year old self it, it, as i was reflecting on it this morning it kind of reminded me of the um the old zen haiku that says the old pond the frog jumped in plop so we have the the new year that's one condition we have the old self and then our yogi practice comes alive between the conditioning of our old self and the potential that is symbolically referenced by a new calendar year. We're all old enough to know that just because the calendar year changes doesn't mean much else is going to change. But it's alive in our collective conscious, I think, that the new year holds a potential. And I think in general, the season of winter and the elemental energetic aspects of winter support um, an, an opportunity for reflection, for self-introspection, and for transformation. In, um, in Chinese medicine, the season of winter is associated with the element of water, which is both the element that you could say is the medium through which death and life return and begin. So all things return to water and death, but then from the death cycle of, of, of contraction inward, new life, new possibility can emerge. So, you know, for me, I know, uh, winter often does bring bring that that feeling up. The, the external world is going into hibernation, or the natural world, I should say. The natural world around is going into hibernation. And there's a turning in. And um, within that, there's an opportunity to, to really listen and reflect on what do we want the energy of our life to be organized around what do we want the what kind of values and intentions do we want the 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 broader energy of our life being channeled towards so as i said in the newsletter last week one of the newsletters from last week uh in spirituality it's intentions get a lot of attention you hear a lot of people speak and i've spoken about it you hear a lot of folks talk about the importance of intention. And one way of looking at it, is, as I reflected, is that intentions are really the seeds of spirituality. They're the seeds of spirituality. But to realize the potential of any seed, that seed needs to be cared for with the loving attention of a, of a wise gardener. And in that spirit... I want to suggest that our practice, the practice we're engaged with, the practice we're returning to together, this practice space that we're we're forming by our own individual presence in this collective, but the practice that we're engaged with is a way of nurturing the conditions or nurturing the seeds that we hold for our practice and our life. And if I were to I think Terry and I, over the break and just before the break, um, we're really, I think, getting clearer 
about what we're trying to do with this sangha, with this practice community. Um, we have a lot of you that are students that trained with us, and many of you teach yin yoga um, or teach meditation. Um, so there's uh, many teachers in the in the practice space that we have, and many of you are just what I would call the sincere student uh, crowd. Uh, maybe you don't have any intention to teach, but you're very interested in the um, really realizing the depth of the practice in your own life. And as we think about how we are trying to facilitate your experience or support your experience, we try to articulate our intention as one where we're, we're holding a space to provide a kind of non-dogmatic, and that's really important. This is a non-dog, we hope this is a non-dogmatic, inclusive practice approach. It's a creative, inclusive, non-dogmatic practice approach that supports you in really honing the skills and um, development of your own practice. So I think in one of the last sessions we had before the, the old year ended around the, the week of the solstice, the winter solstice, we I was throwing out the word guild, that we're a, a guild of, of practitioners and teachers coming together. Um, and together we're in a sense refining our own understanding of the practice and the path and how it can be realized in our own individual lives. So as we'll get into in the workshop on Saturday, in this extended practice on Saturday, um, we're going to be spending some time, and not just one session, but we'll be spending several sessions at the beginning of this year, offering reflections around, and I'm trying to figure the best phrase for this, but really offering suggestions around designing practice intentions. How do you design customized, individualized practice intentions for yourself so that you uh, practice and your, your practice is channeled in a way to uh, nurture and, and in some ways maximize the potential for growth and transformation. And as I was preparing uh, this particular talk about just a, a general introduction to the idea of setting intentions and developing and designing intentions, um, I came across a story uh, that Tara Brock shares, Tara Brock being a very well-known meditation teacher in the United States. Um, and she she tells a story about a, a girl, a young girl, a young school girl, and when she didn't specify the age, but I imagined a, a young girl of about seven, six to seven years old, who would get on a bus. And as she would get on the bus, she would go up to the, the bus driver and say, I would like to share some of my peanuts with you. And she would hold out a hand of peanuts and give the peanuts to the bus driver and then move down the bus and take her seat. And the bus driver's like, oh, what a nice, sweet young girl for 
sharing some peanuts, sharing some of her peanuts with me. And so he would eat the peanuts and think kindly of the young girl. And then a week or two later would go by and the, the young girl came back. And once again, she boarded the bus and said, hi, I'd like to share some peanuts with you. And she held out her hand and deposited another small young girl's handful of peanuts into the, into the driver's hand. And, and uh, the driver once again was um, grateful, was starting to feel a little guilty for taking the peanuts from this girl. Um, now the third time, when the girl came back and once again held out her hand and offered some peanuts to the driver, the driver said, um, I really appreciate you sharing your peanuts with me. And I, I can imagine myself in the driver's position because I, I um, used to teach kindergarten for a couple of years in Taiwan. So I had students three to six years old and knew how I didn't want to disappoint kids when they, when they would do things like that weren't quite right or right at the right time. But so I couldn't sympathize with this driver who said, you know, I really appreciate you sharing your peanuts with me, but I feel guilty that, uh, that I'm, I'm eating your peanuts and you, that you won't enjoy them. So why don't you and you, why don't you eat your peanuts and, and share them with your friends? And then the girl, young girl says, Oh, that's okay. We've already enjoyed them. We sucked all the chocolate off the peanuts. So, you know, the, the, the moral of the story is, and one of the morals is like, how does the driver feel depending on what he, what he or she thinks the intention of the young girl is? It, is, it, is the young girl in pure innocence and doesn't know that that might be considered in more of an adult world, a rather unsavory sharing of food, <laughs> food that has been pre-digested? And having the chocolate extracted first by the saliva of someone's else, someone else's mouth. Um, if it's an innocence, how does the driver hold the experience? If it's not an innocence, if it's trickery, if the girls are, if the girl is, you know, knowingly tricking the driver, how does that change the driver's response? So this is just a, I think, a humorous little anecdote, a little humorous story that points to the power of intentionality and how we, um, how we interpret the intentions of others and how we really uh, understand the intentions within ourselves. So the um, in Buddhism, in, in, in Buddhist culture, you'll you, you often hear a phrase sometimes attributed to the Buddha. Sometimes um, it's it's referred to as a Tibetan proverb. Um, I tend to th I don't think this is exactly a phrase that the Buddha said di directly, but I know he said similar things, which is simply that everything, as the phrase goes, everything rests on the tip of intention. Everything rests on the tip of motivation. And that everything in the statement, everything rests on the tip of intention. It, I don't think it means everything in the world, of course, but in terms of our personal lives, and particularly, and this is where I think the, the focus of it is, 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 is pointed, the everything that rests on the tip of intention is our karma, our personal karma.
the legacy of the energy of our life. So I began talking about how intentions can help us channel the energy of our life in alignment with our values. And when we're not aware of intentions, when we're not, I would say, practicing self-reflection, self-awareness around the intentions that may be more act, may, may be more actively, how do I say this again? They may be more unconsciously active. There can be many, many, many unconscious intentions that are active in our life. But the one of the transformative values, one of the values of becoming specifically conscious around intentions is that it sharpens the light on how we're living and practicing. And one of the things I think is going to be really important as we all design our, our, our own unique practice intentions is that we keep them loose enough so that they're able to breathe and grow and change, but they're also specific enough to really um, home in on where we in, as individuals find ourselves through self-reflection, where we find ourselves as individuals getting caught and how and where we get caught how we get how and where we get kind of tripped up into karma action and its results that doesn't align with our deepest values that will get revealed the more we intend to live and channel our life in a particular way so we we're all familiar with the idea of yin and yang as being inseparable polarities within existence. Yin and yang is inseparable polarities or dependent oppositions, oppositions that are dependent on one another. And in that context, I think intentions, when we really work with them, whatever intention we have is going to be worked with in a way that's that it holds attention with its inseparable opposition so to be black and white about it if i said my intention for 2023 was to practice love it's as like general as possible the practice my intention for practice is to practice love if that's my intention, what I'm trying to say here is what I've seen in my practice is that that intention, that kind of specific intention will also reveal the tension I have in my own life with the conditions that are antithetical to love. So I don't get love without seeing what's not love. And it's through seeing both that I can refine the, spec the specifics or the specificity of how I'm going to practice. Because when I start to see what's not working, 
or what's getting me caught or what's causing dukkha in my unique life or in the life of others that are in relationship to me. That gives me the, the data, the diagnosis in a sense, of what needs attention, what needs greater care. So in the, the workshop this, this Saturday, and you know, as I reflected in the, in the newsletter, I really think there's a yin and yang to working with intentionality. The a yin and yang, uh, there are yin and yang aspects to working with intention and practice. The yin side, one one facet of the yin side is the the I would say the the requisite, the requirement for a capacity to listen deeply. When we're able to listen deeply, what I've seen, and and I think you, I hope you might. Uh, have seen this in your own life. But what I've seen in my own life, when I listen deeply, i.e. when I would go on retreat or when I would practice a lot, uh, the conditions in my life that needed greater attention just came forward. They revealed themselves. I didn't have to ask myself, what should my intention be for the year? When I listened, it became obvious what my intention needed to be. (laughs) My intentions need, need to be aligned around the things that were not going so well. So listening and reflective, reflecting on your life, reflecting on your experience is the yin side of intention forming. The yang side is then to, from reflection, from reflecting on how things are, how things are going, to then, I would say, and this is what we'll get into as we continue, but from the yang side, active side, this is where we're going to get specific about fine-tuning a way of weaving what we discover about ourselves into specific intentions for practice so that you're able to practice in a way that um, is 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 uh, the, the form of the way you practice will grow out of as they say in zen the mud of challenge in your life specific things that bring you challenge. And while that might not sound like a lot of fun at first, that, oh, we're going to frame intentions around life challenges and difficulties in practice. Um, There's a lot of research on this around how people practice with not just meditation, but I would say, you know, art, music, sports, whatever. Um, in developing skills at, in through practice, it's the deliberate practice, the deliberate practice that focuses on cha- on the difficulty or on the difficult that really transforms the person with, within the practice for the better. In other words, just practicing what you're good at, like a musician who only practices songs that they're already good at, doesn't really develop. It's by focusing on that which it doesn't come easily. That's that's not so uh, natural, if you will. That the art, the artist, the musician, in this or in this case, what I'm referring to is the the meditator grows. So today, as we when we practice, uh, we're going to sit quietly now for about twenty minutes and really uh, 
I'm not going to say anything about the the meditation other than that we're just creating a space where we can learn and and nurture the conditions for listening. So it doesn't matter what you hear, it doesn't matter what comes up, but just you're you're tending to nurturing a space within which you can listen and reflect on what's going on. And at, in doing this for for you know several sessions in these first few weeks of the year together, we'll then move from this listening form uh, approach or listening stage to then crafting specific practice intentions uh, that we might uh, work with for, for at least the first part of the year and probably develop and refine throughout the year. And that's sort of me trying to give just a broad overview of how we're going to start the year and where um, I hope the year goes in terms of our practice as we walk the path together. And uh, the last point I'll make on that is that from intentions, uh, I'll be weaving in themes from the Buddha's Eightfold Path. So the eight interrelated dynamics of the practice path. So that the path is grown or developed or, or, or cleared out of the specifics of your own experience. And will be found in your own experience. All right. I hope you enjoyed some of those reflections. I hope some of those reflections uh, stimulate and uh, open up avenues of reflection and questioning for you. And if you'd like to continue on that that direction of exploration and um, really f- realize some of the uh, the opportunity there, do consider joining our workshop this weekend on January fourteenth. 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. for Qigong, Yin Yoga, and Meditation, Reflection and Dialogue and Conversation with me and Terry, my, my, my life partner, practice partner, business partner, everything partner, Terry. Um, and also just consider if you want the support of ongoing, I should say, if you want ongoing support in your practice, not just you know once-off, but if you really want to show up weekly to regular sessions, have regular conversations with us, we invite you into our warm, open, and inclusive community of yin yogis, qigong practitioners, meditators, finding the the magical synergy of these practices in your own life. If you like that, consider joining the Riverbird Sangha, and we look forward to practicing with you. Uh, I'll just say here, I have a lot of conversations that I've taped with friends and colleagues that I'll be starting to release. I know I threatened that at the end of last year. I got a little distracted with some of the website stuff, but now that the back end of our our web platform is cleared up, I'll be uh, releasing these conversations I've been holding on to, and I'm looking forward to um, broadening and, and growing the direction of the podcast with these conversations and within your with your reflections. So let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if you would like to hear me uh, reflect on anything or answer something, or if you'd like to have me in a, in a conversation with somebody, do let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. My email is josh at joshsummers.net. And I just want to thank you one more time for your attention. Thank you for listening. I wish you all the best in your practice for now and this year to come. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take good care.